Um, yeah, and what a strange time it is in the world at the moment. Um, just seems all really, really bizarre. Um, uh, I think the prayer this morning was, was I, I was battling with it initially, um, just in terms of the thinking around where we should be politically and, and stuff. And you know what? No matter where we are, no matter how we are, God is in control. He is definitely in control. Um, and we just need to be in a position of um, preparedness. I think that's the that's the word for today for me um, in that sense. And to be honest, I've, I've really kind of battled um, over the week in terms of what I should share. Um, I've been a little bit, I've been really, really busy with work and I've been really, really busy um, just in terms of, of not stopping and, and trying to keep my mind active and, and not succumbing to the anxieties of, of what's happening around the world um, financially and spiritually and, and, and kind of physically and, and, you know, the whole essence of how much America influence and impacts on the world and, you know, the levels of, of mental health just increasing across the world and people battling with loads and loads of different things. And my battle was, you know, do I just come with a, a, a kind of set word and, um, you know, the whole thing of like, you know, I need to come with a, with a really good word and a, and a, a word that is, is current for the season and it needs to be scriptural and it needs to be topic based and, and so on and so forth. And I've really felt the Lord has just been impressing on me to speak my heart for this season um, and this time. Um, I didn't know what that, <laughs> I didn't fully know what that looked like, but I knew I just had to come and be myself and um, just share with you um, what God has um, for us. And to be honest, this word is a word for me. Um, uh, and I think that has been the hardest battle because I'm, I'm kind of really just preaching to myself um, and, and trying to understand what God's essence for me um, and my family is. And um, I, I really pray that it will bless you, um, it will encourage you, um, that it will strengthen you at this time. Um, as I've been doing it, it's been encouraging me, um, but it's also been, a, uh, it's also given me a, a sense of uh, questions and asking God questions about where I am and what I'm meant to be doing. Um, one of the main ones is why the heck am I in Medway? Why didn't I stay? <laughs> why didn't I stay in London? Um, I had a decent house and, you know, starting to live in an area which was upwardly mobile. Um, and I think that's an old term. I don't even think that <laughs> really exists. But um, you know what? God had and has a plan um, for us. Um, the whole election, the whole situation, um, it's definitely more than the physicality of earthly earthly stuff. There's a real spiritual impact. And I think we're seeing more and more and more of the spiritual manifestation physically coming into place. 
and coming into being um, the whole essence of moving towards end times feels really real again you know I'm, I'm one of these guys that thinks we're always in end times I don't I don't always get why people are so angst about end times it's written in the word we know it's coming we know what's happening we know that there, there's going to be a mark and there's going to be this and that but you know what I think for us and for our generation and the generations to come there seems to be real markers and evidences of end times at the moment and the, the question for me um the questions that I've been asking, the words that God has been putting on my heart that I wish to share with you today is, is that whole essence of, are we really, really ready? Are we truly ready? Are you ready for what is to come? You know, throughout the Bible, God talks and, and shares and inspires and encourages us to prepare in pre pre and to prepare in all seasons no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, God prepares us and he asks us to be prepared. You know, the thing about the whole essence of being prepared is that God has already planned and he's already prepared. But in our essence of, of in, in our part to that, our part to play, our partnering with God, we have to be in a place where we are also preparing. God gives us tools, he gives us situation, he puts us and opens doors for us. But if we aren't in a state of preparation, if we aren't positioned correctly, it's all in vain. You know, um, when we look at nature, um, you know, being prepared is, is, is the key. Nature prepares all the time. Um, we have these four seasons, and in fact, we're, we're coming into one of what I would I would consider as my favourite season. I love the autumn. I love the miracles of change um, and, and how things turn and just that physical um, movement from, from production into rest and preparation. You know, when, you, when we look at nature, when we look at... Um, um, trees and plants and and and, um, and nature at this time nature is scurrying around it's doing its last essences um, in preparation to to survive for the winter to survive the challenges of the frost to survive the challenges of the cold and if you don't get it right and if nature doesn't get it right in this season, it makes itself vulnerable. Vulnerable to the enemy in terms of nature would be the frost, which comes in and, and kills. And, you know, many creatures who are seasonal um, tend to to hibernate at this, at this time. Um, so they're preparing constantly, storing up fat, storing up things enabled, and to enable them to go into a deep sleep to survive the winter and come up fresh in order to reproduce, in order to bring life um, for the next season to come. Um, and, you know, there's two scriptures which are, are probably quite poignant to, to what I felt the Lord was saying to me. Um, and that is Ecclesiastes 3, um, verses 1 to 8. Um, 
uh, we know it well. Um, it's a time for everything to every season. And I'll, do, I'll just read it quickly, actually. Uh, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity, activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them up, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. This is probably one of the most poetic scriptures um, that people remember. Um, there have been many secular songs written about this scripture particularly or, or, or written around this scripture. Um, but I want to ask you, what time are you in, in terms of your walk with God? Where are you at as an individual, as a family? What is God saying to you? You know, when we look at this scripture particularly, that essence of a time to, a time to, it's, it's quite monotonous running all the way through that scripture, but it's a constant. And the reason why it's a constant, because God is the author and finisher. He is time itself. He is the governor of those seasons. And we receive on the end of that, depending on where we are and how we're positioned. Whether we're in a season of plenty or a season of not so much, God is still constant. Time is still constant. And God wants us in that time to be prepared for whatever it is that is to come. You know, I, I alluded one of the miracles of nature that I, I find is that, is that whole essence of, of how trees change colour according to the season. Um, and, and it's very much about preservation. It's very much about surviving the winter. The trees don't actually turn their leaves green. What happens is the chlorophyll, this is going back to my biology when I was kind of looking at this um, yesterday and the day before, um, the whole essence of how trees turn their colours is, is about how they withdraw an aspect of their being. So the chlorophyll in the leaves, which is the thing that um, enhances photosynthesis, it withdraws from each leaf on the tree. Now, when you can, when you look at a tree, and it's you know you look at some of these oak, massive, massive oak trees that have been around for hundreds of years. Um, what that tree does in autumn is it withdraws all the chlorophyll in the leaves back into the sap because that chlorophyll really is the life giver to that tree and it withdraws all of it and it stores it in the roots and in the sap and in the trunk of the tree 
ready for next year. It withdraws its, its, its energy source, its food producing source in order to survive the winter. And what happens is the natural colors in the leaf, which the leaves also have different pigmentation, then kind of come out into fruition. And then the tree forms a seal over that connection to that leaf because it doesn't need it anymore. And then it drops it off the tree because it doesn't need to photosynthesize anymore. It doesn't need to produce food anymore, um, but it's only for a season. And, you know, we've, we've, as a church, have kind of, it's almost like, in some senses, that the church building, because remember, we are the church, we are the individuals, and because of coronavirus, we've kind of, we've kind of, I know it sounds a bit corny, <laughs> but we've kind of withdrawn back into our homes, um, and, and we haven't, we're not kind of out, you know, our, our branches are not out sparkly, we're not having services like we would like to, we're not able to invite people and grow and multiply in the context of, of the church building and being out there. But the, the, the question, you know, that Tola and I keep asking is, is are, we, are we reserving our energies? Are we building ourselves up? Are we holding on to the things that are precious in order for us to continue the journey to continue the walk to continue what it is in terms of kingdom um the sap the the the, the um, chlorophyll the sap that the tree holds the moisture that this that, that the tree holds um that's the food that it survives on for the winter it's not that it doesn't eat it's not that it doesn't um feed it's just that it uses the things that it saw, uh, it's, it's stored. And autumn is very much like that. You know, when we look at harvest, you know, autumn is when the greatest harvest comes to be. And we, we celebrate around the world in different countries, that whole essence of harvest festival. And that's an essence of being prepared. And when we look at tithes and we think about our tithing, this is the time when we give back unto the Lord the first fruits where are we and what are we doing in in preparing ourselves to give off that essence of what God has allowed us to pull together? One of the things is that if a tree or if we as, as, as people don't harvest effectively and in a time, then everything is, is, is done in vain. Why? If a, if a farmer doesn't harvest at a specific time, before a specific date, that first frost of the winter comes and spoils every single bit of produce. If a tree leaves itself vulnerable and leaves something open or a seed that has been released by that tree isn't shielded or, 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 or dug into the ground or, or anchored, waiting for the right time and the right season in the spring, to bring forth again fruit. It leaves itself open and vulnerable to the frost, to the enemy, and it destroys it. Are we leaving ourselves vulnerable and open to the, to the little voices of the enemy? Um, and remember, this is, this is 
this is me talking to myself here. Um, you know, I, I Tolo and I have had some really interesting conversations over the last few weeks, just around the whole lockdown, around the whole conspiracy theories that seem to be going around, around you know some of the elements of, of definite truth in terms of control and and stuff that the government seem to be to be holding. But where are we in all of it? How are we? How are we protected and sealed? Because we're in our homes having church, do we feel protected? Or are we still preparing ourselves for what is to come? Are we praying? Are we storing up? Are we reading the word? Are we doing the things that we would normally do in order to ensure that we are continually preparing for what God has beyond this season of coronavirus. Um, the second scripture I um, I would say that the Lord led me to was Proverbs 24, 27. Um, it's a really short scripture. And um, at first when I read it, I was reading the chapter and it just seemed a little bit kind of out there and it says this put your outdoor work in order and get your fields ready after that build your house i felt it was a, a pretty strange um i mean it, it's pretty simple in itself as a scripture but i thought it was a, a little bit strange in the context of the chapter if you read the chapter before it's it's kind of lots of statements lots of words of wisdom um, that Solomon is, is, is bringing in, in that chapter um, of Proverbs 24. But this stood out for me. Um, and it only stood out because, <laughs> it only stood out because as, as I was preparing, as I was thinking of where, what I was doing and where I was going um, with this, and I, I hope you guys are still with me because it, it feels like I'm just sharing with you <laughs> what's on my mind. Um, but I, I'm, I really hope it's, it's resonating with you um, because it's important and um, just open your heart, you know, as I'm, I'm, as I'm speaking. As I was preparing, um, I used to watch a lot. Um, I don't know if you guys watched it. What was that it's a program? Grand Designs. Grand Designs, where, where people, um, in my mind, rich people, um, were able to uh, get by land and, and then they build the house of their dreams on this land. Um, but I was watching it and it was like a throwback to a guy who who bought some land like it was like a forest it was it was um it was basically a forest and i was like this guy's mad he's bought a load of coppice land but this guy was a woodworker um his skill was in woodwork he was a master craftsman um and he bought this land and on this land there was no <laughs> There was no house, there was no building, um, there was nothing for him to live in, in order. And he had sunk all his savings into purchasing this plot of land. Not only that, he hadn't had the special permission in order to use the land and utilize the land, which was a forest. And basically it was what we call a coppice forest. I don't know if you guys remember in primary school, we did uh, the whole thing of learning about coppice wood and and how it's good and how they used to use it in the olden days to, to build 
um, and stuff. And uh, we used to come, I'm sure it was in Kent, a place called Marchant's Hill where we'd come for a week. I loved it, you know, just being with nature and whatnot. But we, we went through this coppice wood. But anyway, I read the scripture in the week or I found, I didn't read it, I found it. Like the Holy Spirit directed me to it. And then I saw this program and it really helped me to understand what God was saying in this scripture. And remember, this is all related to being ready and being prepared. Remember, God said to David that he wasn't to build the temple, that he wasn't the person that was going to build the house of God. And this scripture relates, in my opinion, directly to that, because Solomon became that person. And remember, I think even at that time, Solomon wasn't born, if I remember correctly. But anyway, going back to this um, this program. So um, this guy had bought this wood and he basically erected a plastic sheet and a tent, like a tent on the wood. And he slept there while he began to do this house. Now, in order to do this house, what he was going to do was use the wood and the coppice in that forest to build his home. He was going to be fully sustainable in the context of um, of of his home, and I mean, long story short, he takes the coppice, he and he has to till the ground. He has to select the right pieces for the right um, for the right area in the house. He had to use bale and straw. You know, there were so many things that he had to put in place in order to build this house. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm going to try and share. Um, share some of the pictures of what this guy created and um, bear with me um, i'm hoping i have permission to share um my notes in that aspect bear with me okay i hope you guys can see this um i'm gonna let me see if i can make it a bit bigger let's go across so this this is basically the house that this guy built. Um, if someone could tell me that you can see it, then I'll be just say yes, I can see it. Yes, I can see it. Thank you, sir. That's great. So this guy, I mean, this guy became became called the wood the, the woodsman. So he basically, if you can see around him, is basically a forest. And this scripture talked to this. So this guy, he tilled the land. He worked the land and he took the produce of this land to build this house. Um, I, I mean, just watching it, I was amazed at what and this I'm, we're talking full sustainment from the land in order to build the house. But in, in the context of the scripture, I mean, look at the inside of that. You know, he built the kitchen, some of the elements. I mean, there are some bits which he had to you know get from other places but this guy built every essence in between the walls he 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 went to the neighbor and got hay bales of hay you know you see those big massive bales and that's the insulation for this house um this is the guy here um he's a what master woodsman and and what he's done is from this house and from the coppice he has built everything he does around it at the time he started building, he wasn't married. He then got married. And then um, you can see on the second picture here, 
Um, he had to build an extension as he had kids and stuff, but everything came from the from the um, from the forest that he bought. And over the years, he he ensured that the forest regrew. So after ten years, he was able to chop certain trees down again to do certain aspects um, of the house. And the scripture that you know, um, I read in Proverbs 24 is, is really important because it calls us not to just kind of till the land and, and, and work the land, but it says, put your outdoor work in order, prepare the land. And it's not just for a one-off hit. It's not just for a one-off thing. God calls us to think and prepare and make sure that the that the materials and the things that we are going to use are not just for one-off, but are sustainable. You know, when Solomon built the temple, one of the things that was a requirement and he put into place was that each ornament that the guys that he built the temple with were master craftsmen. They by hand put things into place. It says, and get your fields ready. How are we, you know, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself, how am I getting myself prepared? As I said to you, you know, coming to Medway um, wasn't just an idea that I said, okay, babe, let's, let's, let's move to Medway. We really felt that God wanted us to move. We moved for a specific season and, and a, a specific reason. And it, it took a long time. It took over six years for us to, 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 to hear God's word, to start preparing in a physical manner and then actually get here. And in fact, a couple of times, one major time, we actually packed our house down and then re, and then stayed in London for another couple of years before we actually came. Um, and I really believe that God was preparing us throughout all that period to be here. Um, but it was one aspect and one season of that. It was a season for us in our minds to become prepared for the actual move. And now that we are here all this time later, I think I've struggled with understanding, okay, Lord, we prepared physically, you know, we've, we sold our house and we sold things that you know, we probably held quite precious in terms of London. London is is the place, you know, everybody wants to be in London kind of thing. Um, and, and we kind of had that mentality, but we let all of that go and, and he prepared us to let go. But then we came here and I've been searching my heart and discussing with Tola. And sometimes if I'm really honest, and I, I just want you guys to hear my heart, Sometimes those discussions have been heated. Sometimes we thought, have we missed what God has said, you know? But it's because I think we've, we've closed our hearts or we have in some context closed our hearts to the continued aspects of being prepared. You know, God is always calling us to be ready. There's that scripture that says, be ready in all seasons which means that you have to continually prepare. You have to continually be in a place where you are preparing. Um, 
And, you know, we've, we've sometimes struggled because we know God has brought us here specifically for ministry um, and specifically to do a work. And it, you know, it's been, what, four years. Um, and our, 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 our continued thinking and debates. And you know what? This week is the first time in a long time that I've realized our, our, our debates and our, our discussions and, you know, our falling ins and falling outs have been part of the preparation that God is testing our confidence in him. You know, being prepared is understanding how confident you are in the Savior, how confident you are in God's word, how confident you are in the things that he has given you and said to you that you will and you are and that there is a time for something. Time is going and, you know, I, I, I want to get through a few things. And one of, I've written five things which I think is poignant for, for, for us all um, and poignant for me specifically. Um, one of these is, is listening to, listen, listen to and for God's voice. You know, before we came, we clearly heard and we clearly had words in terms of where and how God wanted us to move. People gave us words, they saw us in various places. God gave us dreams and he gave us um, um, prophetic words from, from different people, not the same people, from random people as well, that he had a work for us. Um, and I wanna encourage you to listen to and for God's voice. The scripture says in John 10, it talks about my sheep know my voice and I know my sheep. God has already prepared. God is constantly preparing. When we think about how God prepares, we can't take it lightly. You know, in the whole essence of creation, God, in all his infinite wisdom, had foresight to know that man would not be strong enough to resist and in that aspect, he prepared a redemptive pathway for us through Jesus Christ. That redemptive aspect of Jesus Christ going to the cross wasn't a sudden afterthought that God said, oh man, these guys have messed up. What am I going to do? Okay, let me just send my son. No, God prepared. He knew what was coming and what was happening and what would have to happen in order for us to stay connected and see eternity through with him. It wasn't something sudden. It wasn't an afterthought. It was done at the foundations when the earth was created. When the children of Israel um, did not enter Canaan, they had to go. They, they didn't enter the promised land through until they had gone through seasons of preparation god doesn't do things lightly he didn't just free them and say right let's see how we go let's make it up as we go along he had a plan and he was clear you know when you look at prophets and the prophets in the bible when you look at the apostles the disciples they went through specific aspects of preparation and training they had to see what could be done and how it should be done 
before they were released in order to do it. And even when you when we think about Jesus, Jesus, the majority of his life was preparing for his death and the redemption of man. He lived the majority of his life in preparation. He lived the majority of his life in a place where he was preparing, even though he knew what was to come, he still had to prepare as man, although he was God, in order to die. He didn't kind of come down on a cloud as a man and say, look, guys, I'm going to die for you. He went through every process and through that preparation time and through that those seasons that he went through from a child right up to a man with his disciples, he prepared, he prepared, even to the point where he could have called legions of angels down and wiped out everything and he prepared. He questioned God. He said, if I don't have to go through it, then remove this cup. But in asking that, he was prepared. You know what, Lord? Your will, not mine. Preparation is, is key to all that we have to do. And I, I hope you're still with me. Um, I just want to go back again just to my five points. So understanding the voice and instruction of God. You know, the voice and, and instruction of God is never random. It, and it, it, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, it says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. When we deliberately say, Lord, you know what? We're going to walk your path. That aspect of preparation is made easy through the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when God speaks to us, the clarity of his voice and being joined to him is not only deliberate, but it's part of the preparation that God has for us. Because he continues, he continually speaks to us through the Holy Spirit in terms of the direction and the way we need to go the instruction that we need in order to walk, to receive, and to be in a place positioned for what is to come. One of the important things for Tonner and I, and, and, and what we're doing even more now, is just gathering up those words, those words that I said were important to us in terms of coming. Remember, I said, God doesn't do things by accident. He doesn't do things by halves. Walking in those words. Mark 4, verse 35, when Jesus was, was preaching, um, I think it was just after he had fed the 5,000, he said to the disciples, um, let us pass over onto the other side. And they got into the boat and the boats, there was a storm. And they, they just lost it. They lost it. They, they lost the confidence, forgetting that Jesus was in the boat. And that the fact was the preparation for them to get to the other side was already set. When God gives you a word, it is set. When God gives you a word, it's the authority. 
Jesus spoke the word and there was enough power and authority in those words to accomplish the job that he had said that he would do. Jesus had prepped them for the way when he spoke and said, let us go to the other side. In, in, in that aspect, he, he said, don't you guys have enough faith to command the sea to be calm? And, and then he exampled to them. It's like the disciples had forgotten that Jesus had spoken. He had prepped them to see themselves to the other side. This whole coronavirus, I mean, I must admit, there's been days when I've been anxious. You know, I've woken up and I've had some, some pseudo symptoms, you know, um, where I think that, I'll, oh, I can't breathe. or um, And it's the anxiety, it's the enemy trying to creep in. When they saw the storm, they forgot the word that God had given them. Have you forgotten the word that God has given you? Dig them out read them be confident in the words that god has given you he hasn't given you those words lightly he's given you them for purpose to drive you on to give you the tools and to give you the confidence in him that what he has said is set and is done we have to walk remember i'm saying this is for me as much as it is for you i'm encouraging myself as much as i am trying by God's grace to encourage you. Whatever situation you guys are facing, whatever anxiety you might be feeling, God has set his word and it is finished and it is done. He said to you, come, let's cross to the other side. And because he has said it, you will get to the other side. You will see to fruition the things that God has said to you, whether that's through, whether that's healing, whether that's financial gain, whether that's um, ministry, whether that's your marriage, no matter what difficulty or struggle, whether that's being in Medway. Many of us have moved and thought it was a great idea, cheaper houses. There was more to it than just that. God has brought you here for purpose. Prepare yourself for what God has. Continue to look at yourself. Continue to see what God has for you and in you in this season and this time, in the business that you started to build, in the things that you started to do, in the work that you're doing. God has something for you, whether you're furloughed or not. God has given you this season for a purpose. The walls, the, the doors of the church, buildings are shut, but the church is not dead. We are meeting together. We are sharing together. We must pray more together. This is the preparation that God has for us in this season. We need to store up. We need to draw in the chlorophyll. We need to draw in the energy, the things that God has for us in order to see um, things through. I'm gonna quickly read through because my time has gone. We need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray. I, I can't say that enough. And you know what? I'm talking to myself. My wife is a prayer warrior. She prays constantly. Um, I thought I was good at praying, but my wife is, is, is serious. And she has really taught me in this season, over this lockdown period, just the importance of prayer. 
um, just the essence of praying effectively. And I, I want to encourage you by saying this, be specific and not general. Be targeted and not sporadic. Be focused and not ambivalent. And be authoritative and not timid. God has given us what we need. We have the tools, but we need to gird ourselves up. We need to prepare. We need to advance and enhance who and what we are in terms of kingdom, in terms of being prepared. And prayer is a key to understanding, to hearing and delivering what God has. The words that God gives us without prayer are nothing. Because when we hear the word of God, through prayer we decipher. And then from that deciphering, we move to action in faith. And the last aspect is walk every step in faith, no matter how difficult it may seem or feel. Mark 4, 35 said, and he said unto them, why are you fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He had already told them the word that they were going to the other side. But when the storms came, that aspect of preparedness, walking with Jesus, all went out the window. He's with you. He's with us. He's with me. And he wants us to move forward in being prepared. I didn't get through everything I wanted to speak about. Um, I had aspects around the foolish virgins and um, aspects from Joseph and Gideon um, and also just that element of, of wearing the full armour of God and how actually putting on the armour is one thing but being prepared to wield and walk in that armour is another thing um, but I'm going to stop there and I'm going to pray uh, I'm going to, I just want to pray for you. Um, I want to encourage us, you know, with the prayer rooms that God will help us. Um, and I want to, I just want to encourage us to, to use them, get people to pray. That's one thing being together that we're not doing enough of is praying for each other. And that's what the church is called to do. So I want to encourage you with your specific things, you know, in prayer to you know, use the prayer rooms. But let's just bow our heads as we pray. Father, I pray this word really has and will encourage someone. Um, it felt a little bit um, all over the place, but I know because of you and that you are speaking through me that it will encourage and inspire us to action. And Father, I pray that your word will go out strong and that Father, people will be encouraged and will be strengthened and will continue and begin to prepare what you have for us beyond this season in this time of chaos across the world. And Father, I pray that through and that through the other side, we will come out victorious because you have set your word. Your word is settled forever. Thank you, Father, for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lynette. Amen. Thank